0: Praise God, that's awesome. Good, good. Well, I am just so excited to be with you guys. I can't tell you how much, just it's fun being able to like come back to the same church <laughs> Sunday after Sunday after Sunday this is great I'm just like getting to know you all better which is just so exciting for me and uh, I'm just I'm just excited to be here with you guys but I wanted um, to talk a little bit about a scripture here let's go to Matthew 6 21 and Matthew 6 21. We're talking about offering here. We just gave in our offering. And, and for anyone that's giving, uh, we're just doing one offering. Uh, the church is taking care of us, so don't worry about that. But um, we're, we're giving our tithes and our offering. But I wanted to talk about why we give to God. And uh, here in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so I just think about that. That scripture, it makes me think of going out and going shopping. Because when I go shopping as a mom, like, you know, before I went shopping, before my kids were born and everything, you'd go shopping and you would like be excited about all the different things that you're gonna buy for whatever. Well, as soon as you have kids, all of a a sudden something switches in a woman's brain and they are constantly finding things for their kids. They are just, you know, where your heart is, your treasure is, and you are so excited to bless your children. You're so excited, you know, to find little outfits, you know, when soon as you're pregnant, you're finding little tiny booties and things like that. I'm already, I have to confess, that I am already looking forward to being a grandmother. <laughs> I have a little bit of time, but I'm, you know, it's it's coming eventually here. And I already have a bag of stuff that I have put aside for those grandbabies someday because where your treasure is, your heart is also. So my heart is there. And so I'm already kind of putting things aside, right? So that is how we do it with God is where your treasure is, where you give. Is your heart here? Is your heart to give unto God? Is your heart to give unto the gospel? I mean, is your heart there to give unto um, people being healed and helped and blessed and encouraged and strengthened? I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing to give unto God, because you're giving. It's not just, oh, I'm just paying a tithe because they say this is what I'm supposed to do. But you're giving because your heart is here. Your heart is to bless the people that come in these doors your heart is to is to you know be a be, be minister unto the lord and so i just want to encourage you that that when you give that you are giving because your heart's here just choose it put your heart into it put your heart into into where you put your treasure and i also want to encourage you that this scripture goes another way that when god tells you to do something This goes from his perspective. His heart, you know, he puts his treasure where his heart is also. So his heart is with you, just like my heart. Like I said, when I go shopping, I think of my kids and all the things they could use, right? Well, when God is thinking of you, his heart's with you. So his treasure is with you. He's looking to give unto you abundantly, whatever he calls you to do, whatever he tells you and instructs you to do. He tells you to buy a certain house or he, he tells you to, you know, uh, you know, start this business. He tells you to, you know, start this in ministry. His treasure will be there. He will supply what he's told you to do. So I just encourage you today and thank you for your giving. We're going to go ahead and pray over this offering. Thank you, Father, for the people that have given. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we just bless this offering, Lord, and we, we give it unto you with, with our hearts in it, Lord. We commit it, Lord, to you and to gospel work in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for, for uh, blessing it, Lord, cause it to uh, multiply in Jesus' name and touch and affect many people's lives here and, and wherever it is sent, Lord. I thank you, Father, for supplying all of the needs of this house in Jesus' name, uh, according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for supplying for every single person here in Jesus' name, blessing them, Lord, for their giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Are you still glad you're here? Amen. Good, good, good. Where his heart is, his, praise God, where his heart is, his treasure is, where our heart is, our treasure is. Aren't you glad that God's heart is with us? God's heart is with his children like any good father. Amen. Amen. I like that. If you have your Bibles with you or whatever device serves as your Bible, let's go to 1 John again, chapter 5 and verse 4. This is going to be our basis scripture, 1 John 5, 4, for the whole month and uh, to July 4th to Independence Day. And uh, if it helped you at all last Sunday and if you were blessed by what's going on, I'm teaching during this whole month on uh, on our live stream podcast, or live stream in, on Instagram and Facebook on faith. I've been doing it a month prior to this, so... I shared the story a little bit. We love Pastor Jason and, and Liz, and uh, you know that what they said. We want to we want to have we want to focus on faith this month. And I said, you know, God's been dealing with me already. That's what I've been talking about already. So it fits good. And I'm just going to be. If you want some more, there's more to be gotten. Amen. <laughs> so First John five four. Turn your buttons. Uh, Turn the pages, press the buttons, unroll the scroll, whatever gets you to 1 John 5, 4. And it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I love this scripture. No matter how things are raging in the world, no matter what comes against you from the world, the Bible promises you could overcome. Somebody say amen. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory. Not This is one way to have victory. This is a form of victory. Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Everybody say, the victory. victory. Amen. So this is it. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Man, you turn on the news, we all probably all ought to cut down on our news diet quite a bit. Amen. You turn on the news things are raging things are going on and then half of what's being said even you don't know what you could believe and stuff is going on if you it, you could go down a road and it could lead to discouragement have you ever been there but thank god the bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world no matter what's on the news no matter what's going on in your family no matter what's going on in your workplace no matter what's going on in your neighborhood this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith Jesus wants you to to have victory amen not only that the bible says whatever is born of God does overcome the world this is God's plan for you amen this is God's plan for you and part of his plan was he made you an overcomer he said whatever is born of God does overcome the world that's who you are that's your identity that's not something you could attain to that's not something you're trying to work towards bless God if you're born of God by the blood of Jesus you were born an overcomer somebody say amen Praise God. Amen. So we talked about Peter last week. I love Peter. We talked about from when he cast out the nets, let down the nets in in Luke chapter 5 for a catch. And the nets were breaking and the boats were sinking. sinking. Then we skip forward uh, a little bit in Peter's life to where he walks on water with Jesus. And we read out of the book of Matthew. And Peter sees Jesus walking on water. And he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. How many of you remember the story? And you can see in these two stories that Peter saw that the key to to overcoming in a situation or the key to experiencing God or experiencing the miraculous is seeing what God's word says about it. Are you with me? Amen. Whatever situation you're facing, ask yourself, what does God's word say about the situation? And that was what Peter knew. Peter knew he saw Jesus walking on water. And he, he, and, he, and he wanted to walk on water with Jesus. And I love that story because it wasn't an emergency. Peter wasn't, you know, in any danger. He didn't need God to bail him out. Isn't that great? As far as I could see, he just wanted to, it, it looked fun to Peter. And he wanted to experience it, you know. That's all right. Everybody say, that's all right. As you know, I hear this talk about miracles and God intervening in situations. And people just, well, you know. When you've done everything, you know, kind of the attitude is, when you've done everything, then that's when God will maybe do a miracle. After everything else has fallen apart and you've done your best. Do you realize it's never God's plan for you to do everything in your own strength and then he comes in when you just can't do it anymore? Brother Andy said it this morning. When we were talking about it it, during worship, this is, he he alluded to it, but I'm thinking the same thing where it talks about the the Holy Spirit is a co-laborer with us. Isn't that right? This this life isn't something you do for God, it's something you do with God. Amen. Every step of the way, all the time. So God isn't, you know, God doesn't want to just step in when you've done your best in the flesh and then you can't do anymore when the doctors have said there's nothing that can be done. When your job, you know, you've done your best and you've done every natural thing and then at the last minute he's going to step in when there's no other natural answer. How many know that God wants to move in your life when there is another answer? Is this helping anybody? Amen. There was another natural answer for Peter. Peter could have stayed in the boat. Amen. But Peter said, you know what? I'd rather get out. I'd rather walk out there with Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, Peter. You know, it's the paraphrased version. That's my version. But the key to this experience, Peter saw... As if he was going to do that, the one thing that he asked Jesus for. He didn't say, Jesus, if that's you, anoint me. Give me a special walking on water anointing. Anoint me so I could walk on water. He didn't say that, did he? Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He didn't say, Jesus, if that's you, tell me it's your will, and then I'll know it's your will, and then I'll know you'll do it some way. No, he said, Jesus, just give me the word. Just bid me come and give me the word, and I'll act on that word. I know if I have your word, that whatever you say will come to pass. Amen. So whatever it is you're facing, whatever area it is that's going on in your life, and you're wondering what's God's will here, what. Well, you know, I need God to move in this situation. I, I, I don't see a way out. I'm just up against a wall here. Look to the word of God and say, what does God's word say? What has God already said about this situation? Faith is believing what God has said, faith is believing what God has said in His, in his word. And thank God, if God has said it, the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. God's word does not return to him void, but it accomplishes that which he sent it to accomplish. It prospers in the thing for which he sent it. If God has said it, he will back it up. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. If he says it, he'll do it. Amen. You can trust God's word. Everybody say, I can trust God's word. You know, and now when we, this is faith this is the life of faith we're teaching on living by faith the bible says the just would live by faith i know a lot of times we go right to healing and finances and that's what we think about because these are thank god the bible says a lot about healing doesn't it bible says a lot about finances doesn't it amen and these are areas that touch each and every one of our lives but i want you to know that the principles of faith apply the same in every area don't they the principles of faith are the same in every area yeah healing is a is a big is a common battle that at some point in your lifetime every person faces something with healing in your life with a loved one finances you're going to deal with finances you know no matter what there's something the climate of the world what's changing you're you know and God cares about these things doesn't he the Bible says you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The Bible basically tells us that even what a, what's generally, what a generally good normal parent considers important and how they care about their children, God's no different. How you understand what a good parent is like, that's what God is like. Somebody say Amen. He's not some weird, mysterious person that you can't understand. But thank God Jesus made it very plain. He's like, you're evil. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your father in heaven know how to give good things to those who ask him? Amen. So he cares about healing. He cares about finances. Because those are things that affect us. But when we talk about faith, we're not just talking about healing and finances. We're talking about forgiveness. Amen. We're talking about being born again. We're talking about just believing, you know, everything in this book, everything that he said. Every, you know, we're talking about how many, you know, we're talking about believing that Jesus was born of a virgin. We're talking about believing that he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead. I wasn't there. Was there any any eyewitnesses here this morning? I don't think so. How do we know he died on a cross? How do we know they rolled away the stone at the tomb? How do we know he went about doing good? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. How do we know he said in the beginning let there be light and there was light. We know because the word of God told us so. Amen. And we believe that and we act on it. That's faith. And faith works the same in every area. You know the Bible talks about in the end times there will be a great falling away. That people will fall away. Has anybody known anybody that's fallen away from the Lord? Raise your hand if you do you know. I have it's a sad thing. I've known people that I've led to the Lord, filled with the Holy, got filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, witnessed miracles, you know. I mean, just amazing things. Used to pray with them and different people that have, that have totally fallen away. So I knew one that became an atheist, knew another that, you know, just knew another that just, I don't know where he's at, hasn't talked to me in years, but I watched gradually, you know, kind of fell away from the things of the Lord. Well, that's, that's falling away from the faith, isn't it? And at some point in time, what well, the things that we're talking about today could have overcome... ...and could have given those people victory in those situations. Am I helping anybody? You know, Peter said, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water... And he said, if I've got God's word on it, I know that's true. And I could do whatever God's word says. He stepped out of the boat and walks on the water. And th- that's the same faith battle that that's how you know that Jesus died on the cross. Are you hearing me? Well, I've got God's word on it, no matter what's going on around me, no matter how the wind or the waves may be raging. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. You know, you I don't know about you, but I've fought the fight of faith a lot with forgiveness, like believing God has forgiven me. Has anybody ever messed up before? Raise your hand all right good I'm not the only one here you know Peter messed up a couple times you know if you know anything about Peter in the garden I love Peter I I preach on Peter a lot I don't know why I take a lot of inspiration from him you know he's in the garden they come to get Jesus he cut off a guy's ear with a sword you know, we, we gloss over that and just make it like a religious story, but put yourself in that situation for a minute. That is an extremely violent situation. In 2021, that is a class two felony. <laughs> Are you with me? My brother's a cop. He's he, And, and he, I, he, you know, I was preaching on it one time <laughs> online. And he comments in below. He goes, that's a class two felony. That's like, you know, intent to injure with an edged weapon or something. maim or injure with an edged weapon, et you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, <laughs> so yeah, Peter messed up, didn't he? You know, we just gloss over that like, yay, he drew the sword and just like it did. not No, man, that was a violent, nasty situation. Jesus bailed him out. Not only did he help the guys here, but he helped Peter, you know. Peter goes on and has a pretty fruitful ministry. You know, apostle, that's pretty good. You know, goes on through the book of Acts, praise God. So yeah, we've messed up before. And in those situations... The Bible says that God forgives you. The Bible said that he died for your sins. You don't feel forgiven right away. Are you with me? You've got to stay, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to say it doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what my emotions are. This is what the Bible says. 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sins, He will forgive me. He will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter if I feel cleansed. It It doesn't matter if I feel forgiven. The Bible says I am forgiven and I believe what the Bible says. Amen. Is this helping you today? See, the faith is simply... Believing what God has said in his word. Acting on what God has said in his word. And believing that above all contradictory circumstances. Believing that above every feeling. Believing that above every other voice. Making that the final authority in your life. Amen. Now think about this. Uh, I don't know if you realize this or not. My, My... Okay, this book right here, the Bible, this document that we base our faith on, you could find somebody from 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 Genesis to Revelation, you could find somebody that identifies themselves as a Christian, that would say that, that, you know, any promise in this, any promise, any truth in this book, you could find somebody that calls themselves a Christian and says it's not true. Are you following me? From Genesis to Revelation, from creation to you know from all throughout this book I'm not you could you could take the you could take the creation story you could find somebody that calls themselves a christian that says that's not true that's not how it happened the stories of jesus the healings of jesus you could find somebody that identifies themselves as a christian that says that's not how it happened but they call themselves a christian maybe they they have it maybe they're a leader of a christian church in other words, you, now, I'm not just talking about atheists or people from other religions, Muslims. You could find, you could, any, any truth that you want to stand on in this Bible, you could find somebody online that calls themselves a Christian that says it's not for you, it's not for today, it's not true, it's not going to work. Are you following me today? Somebody who identifies as a Christian. And at some point in time, you have to just realize that you could think for yourself Amen, that you're that God has made you an intelligent person, that you could look at the Bible and see what it says. And no matter what, no matter what anybody else says, I could read the printing on the page. Amen. And I believe it. And I take God's word for it. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what anybody else says, I believe the word of God. Now, my family came out of this, man. My my mom was Roman Catholic. Anybody come from a Roman Catholic background? Yeah, of course. We're in, you know, northwest Pennsylvania. I'm from northeast Ohio. There's a handful of Catholics around here. My uncle was a priest. I mean, a priest, you know. My my mom's uncle, my, my great uncle, was a priest. First church that I ever, like, actually spoke from the front of the church was a Catholic church. was a Roman Catholic church, you know. And so my mom... She was raised Roman Catholic. My dad got born again. I've told the story when he was in the Marines at a very Southern Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church in Jacksonville, North Carolina, you know, in the 60s. You know, so he got born again in a Baptist church. My mom was Catholic. They got married, and there was a lot of fighting that went on in our family. <laughs> you know, they, that when I was a kid, we, I went to two churches. I went to Saturday night mass with my mom and Sunday morning church with my dad. And, we're, and they're not divorced. We're living in the same house, you know. <laughs> and I'm going to two services. Well, how many of you know that there was some different philosophies going on in the house about what's true and what the Bible says at that point? Now, my dad was raised Baptist like, a, not raised, excuse me, got, but early days of Christianity was born again. Went to a very Southern Baptist church and his pastor, man, his pastor was, was, he told stories that his pastor was big on the judgment of God, that God was going to judge you. And if you messed up, <laughs> direct quote, if you messed up first, he'd, he'd start with your finger and he'd break your finger and then he'd move from there. You know, and we laugh and we think it's sad, but we sometimes we, you know, it's preached that way. Well, God's going to, God's going to do this to you. He's got some mysterious plan. Don't try to figure it out. Don't wonder, but he's just going to beat the snot out of you in some way. And he's going to, you know, maybe your friends will get saved or whatever. Now my dad's, you know, so this pastor told him, God, so he'll start with your finger and he'll break your finger. <laughs> Until you get the message, and then he'll go from there and go on to more severe things and stuff. That he, as giving an, an example. Now, sadly, that fit for my dad. That made sense to him because he came out of an abusive situation. My dad told me a story when he was a little kid. They were at visiting friend, a friend's house, and they, him and his friend were a cousin. Him and his co- cousin were playing with matches. And they accidentally caught the drapes on fire at this house, like you know, but they got it put out, but they caught the drapes on fire, kids playing with matches, not, you know. And so the, uh, my grandfather, my grandfather was a bitter guy. He got saved later in his life, but he went blind, in, you know, they knew he was going to go blind from a young man. and it was a hard life. I mean, it's hard now, but in the '50s, my dad grew up in the projects, never had a car, never had a phone because my grandfather, you know, he, he worked for the Society of the Blind, and they did what they could. They got by. But I'm going somewhere with this. So they, he was a bitter man. He was a hard man. And my dad catches the drapes on fire. His his vision gradually went. So when my dad was, you know, uh, when my dad was younger, he could still see some, just it was impaired, and, you know, probably, maybe what you'd call legally blind now at, at that point. But so they're at the cousin's house or the friend's house, and my dad, and my my grandfather freaks out and you know because they caught the drapes on fire and he gets out his lighter and and he takes my dad's hand and he tries to burn his hand I mean we're talking at somebody else's house this isn't you know like there's people there and finally even the other family is like come on now Ralph that was my grandfather's name come on now that you know let's and he's cussing up of course and trying to get that like my dad said you know praise God My dad said, you know, that lighter always worked. It always worked. And he said, for some reason, it didn't work that day. And he looked back on that situation saying, I know. You know, just it was a sign to him that God was helping him. Now, I'm saying all that to say this pastor's teaching about God breaking people's fingers and making them sick fit. Because of the experiences that he grew up with. Are you hearing me? Well, listen, it doesn't matter how my dad grew up. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter... What anybody says about it, what does the Bible say about it? Amen. So it was easy for my dad to believe that God made people sick. Of course he did. It was easy for my dad to believe that, that God would punish you like that because his father tried to take out a lighter and tried to burn his hand. So when somebody says that's what God does, he said, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then he came across this guy that he'd never heard of... Named, ...you know, these books by this guy, Kenneth Hagan, ...who talked about how God was a healer... ...and God was a good God. Amen. And he said it was hard for him at first, you know... ...to really grasp it. But as he continued to study it out... ...how I many you know you got to let the word be your final authority? Amen. Not your experience... Not what maybe, the, you know, not what maybe you know, some religious leader that you respected has said. You might respect that leader in a lot of areas, but there could be an area that they're off in. Amen? I'm thankful for that Baptist pastor in that church down there. That's how my dad got born again. And I can't imagine what my life would be like if my dad didn't get born again. Are you hearing me? I'm thankful for his ministry. I'm thankful that he believed in the new birth. I'm thankful that he gave an altar call that night, that 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 fellow Marine invited my dad to church. I'm thankful that he shared the gospel with my father. I'm thankful that he got born again that night. But he wasn't right about everything. And my father's experience lended to the fact that, yeah, maybe God is bad. Maybe he is mad. Maybe he will teach me lessons that way because that's what he was raised like. What he heard in the church that he got saved in lended him to, believe, to lean that way. But listen, you've got to be able to sort that stuff out and say, I don't care what my experience is. I don't care what this person has said. If it doesn't line up with the word, Paul, the apostle said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a disclaimer there. Paul is saying, "If if I in any way vary away from the message of Christ, you're not obligated to follow me. Are you with me? So, I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what your experience has been. Faith can't be based on your experience. Faith can't be based on what your favorite preacher said. Your faith can't be based on what I say. Your faith needs to be based on what the word of God says. And when Peter was about stepping out of the, when he was stepping out of the boat, he said, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And Peter said, that's it. I've got his word. He stepped out of the boat and he walked on water. Praise God. Is this helping anybody? (laughs) What has God's word said about your situation? What has God's word said about Thank God. Well, let's let's back it up a little bit. What is God's word said? What has God's word said about how do you get to heaven? I'm telling you, that's one thing that people, there's some confusion about about it nowadays. Maybe I've seen, you know, friends and people, well, maybe Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. Is there anybody here this morning that believes that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Shout amen. amen. Because what does the Bible say? There is no other name by which man can be saved. What does the Bible say about salvation? And then you just keep running with that. If you could believe, John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What does that same book say about your healing? What does that same book say about whatever battle you're facing, about your finances? What does that same book say about addiction, about being free, Freedom. You know, maybe the word addiction you can't find, but the Bible says, "Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." Jesus said He 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 came to set free the captives. How many know that addiction holds people captive? The Bible says that that Jesus has delivered us from the control and the dominion of darkness. Thank God, as believers, we ought not be controlled or dominated by anything of this world. Thank God for freedom. Everybody say, "Thank God for freedom." Well, there'll be arguments. You know, Peter got out there and he's walking on water and you know the story. We read it. And the Bible says he began to look. He looked at the wind and the waves and he began to sink. I've done it. Have you done it before? You know, he looked at the wind and the waves and he began to sink. It was God's will for him to keep walking on water. But the wind and the waves talked him out of it. Are you metaphorically speaking? Am I helping anybody? How do you know what God's will is? Get his word on the situation. I was, I shared the story. I've had a lot of conversations. So now you've got to just be like, you've got to just be dogmatic about it, man. I mean, you've got to make this, you've got to just say, yeah, but this is nevertheless at thy word, Peter casting out his nets into the deep like we read last week. It didn't make sense that he, would, that he would go back out there during the day... ...and let down his nets and catch any fish. And, it, and he was physically tired. Anybody ever worked a night shift? Raise your hands. I worked the night shift for years, you know. Back when I after Bible school and during Bible school. And you, and you come home from the night shift. We're just not wired that way. No matter how long you do it, you still want to sleep at night. Is there any you know, right. And you come home and you're tired and you try to sleep during the day and it's never as good, you know, and it's just, it's a challenge. I think at least for me and a lot of us, my brother works nights, it's the same, you know, he has a a rotating shift. But, you know, it was inconvenient for Peter, it didn't make sense. ...he was tired and he had to elevate the words of... ...it, he never, it never had happened that way before. You don't, if you don't catch fish at night... ...you don't go out during the day and catch a bunch of fish. They're drag fishing with nets. They had to fish at night because the, the fish would see the nets... ...and they'd swim away because the water was clear. So it didn't make any sense. Amen. And he had to elevate the word of God above all that. Above his past experience above above how he thought this is always how it works are you hearing me above his own tiredness above his own frustration above now I've, you know and he just had to say nevertheless at thy word and it was a battle for him bible says out of the out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that's why he said but master i have labored and toiled all night long because i believed that it was going on in his head and he was struggling with it to some degree that's why he said it why did he bring up i labored and toiled all night long you know but he said, but nevertheless, at thy word. You've got to elevate the word of God above everything else. Yeah, but this is what God has said. I'll tell you a few things that the enemy will always use. If you're believing God for a situation, he'll always, at least with me, and, and let's see if this, is, if this ever happens to you. Whatever it is, whether it's healing, whether it's, you know, some situation where you're trying to overcome, whether it's just whatever, trying to, you know, some need you need met. He'll try to bring up every person... That has failed in that area, whatever area it is. Are you with me? <laughs> Does anybody relate to that? And that person, you might not have thought about them in a long time. But all of a sudden, they come to your mind. You know, is, is somebody say amen if that's happened to you before. Listen, what, what you don't base your faith on, on what has happened in people's lives. We don't write a book of every. We don't take a poll of what's happened in every person's life and say this person made it, this person didn't. This person finished their race and served the Lord. This person fell away. And then we just take an equation. We figure out, well, what's the common denominator? What's the average? Maybe I'm in the average. And then we figure out these are my odds. Are you hearing me? We just say it doesn't... I love how David said it in Psalm 91. 10,000 may fall. ...at my side. I mean, think about that. That's powerful. Steve told me that after service last night. We were talking about it. It doesn't matter if 10,000 people have failed to receive what God has promised you... ...that you know. You could still stand on His word and expect Him to do it for you. Amen. What's the difference of what's the common experience among, among people? What does that have to do with the promises of God? The Bible tells us that narrow is the way and few are those who find it. You cannot base your faith on the majority. Like I said, Peter walking on water. I mean, he could have ran through his mind every time that he had sunk and every time that he had drowned... And every time, or not that he had drowned, but that he'd heard of people drowning. And every time that, you know, every experience that he'd ever had on the water and, and and what Jesus was telling him to do, come on, Peter, come, went contrary to everything that he'd ever experienced. But he just acted like the word of God was true. Everybody say I could do that. Now I'm gonna tell a couple stories. Again, I love to ask, is this helping you? And I ask for two reasons. One, I like to know. But two, I like you to say, yes, this is helping me. I'm being helped. Amen. How many being helped this morning? Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us. Praise God. He helps us. Thank you, Lord. So what does the Bible say? Because listen, you could find an experience of somebody who didn't get it, you know. You could find some Christian leader, quote unquote, that will tell you that it's not for you and it won't happen and you shouldn't believe in it. Are you with me? And you just need to be able to say yes... ...but this is pretty clear in Scripture. This is what the Bible says. I could read English, amen? This Bible's been translated into English... ...and this is what it says... ...and I trust God's Word. God's proven me faithful... ...and I choose to believe... ...that this is what He said about this situation... ...and if this is what He said... ...then I could trust Him to bring it to pass in my life... ...if He has to move mountains... ...if He has to change the very physical laws... ...of the way things operate if he has to rain it from heaven and drop it in my backyard, God is not a liar. He will be faithful to his word and he will do for me exactly what he said he would do. Amen. And that's the fight of faith. And it could get messy. Are you hearing me? It could get messy. I have a, I remember my dad, and you know, I share a lot of his stories. I remember when his... Uh, when his rotator cuff was healed, when he was already up in his mid-60s. And, um, you know, his rotator cuff was all messed up, and he had pain, couldn't lift up his arm, and everything that goes with it, all that kind of stuff, you know. And he was getting shots, went to therapy for a year, believing God, you know, doing his best. And, and uh just got worse. A year goes by, And just, you know, I'd prayed for him a few times, just kept on getting worse. And the doctor said, you're going to need surgery. There's nothing else that we could do for this rotator cuff. It's hanging on by a thread. And they said, there's nothing else we could do for it. And I don't know for, you know, everybody has their line in the sand. But there was something about that for my dad when he said, you're going to need surgery on this rotator cuff that he just told the doctor, he said, well, I've got to go consult my other physician. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Bible says he's the great physician amen and he went home and he just got it he just I don't know I don't know what it is it wasn't that he wasn't praying about it before it wasn't that he that he didn't have us praying about it but something about that just pushed him I've been there you know Bible says the fervent prayer the the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much I mean you think I got that's a whole message just talking about fervency sometimes you just got to turn up the heat a little bit you know And something about that situation just made him turn up the heat a little bit. And he said, said, I just, you know, he just said, this is it. He took a stand. The pain left. Full range of movement was restored. Never did have rotator cuff surgery. Went the rest of his days. Amen. With that rotator cuff working good. The pain gone and everything healed. Amen. After, after, like I said, talk about it getting messy. I'd prayed for him. He'd believe God for it. He'd believe God himself. He'd been believing God. And he'd believe God for other things. He wasn't a novice. He'd done it before. He'd overcome a lot. Some reason this thing was just tenacious. I still couldn't tell you exactly why. But at the end of the day, you just have to say, yeah, this shoulder thing, I've been dealing with it for a year. I've gotten shots. It seems to be getting worse. But it, the Bible still says the same thing today as it said a year ago. God's promises to me are the same today as they were a year ago. And in spite of laboring and toiling all night long and catching no- up, catching nothing nevertheless at thy word i'm letting down the net and i'm going to believe that your word is true about this situation amen this helping you see so i don't know i don't know what happens in every situation nobody does i don't know what's happened in every what about this person what about that there's no way none of us know you really don't know there was a <laughs> there was a pastor down in Word of Faith pastor, down in the south. And he was a good friend of one, one of the people that I worked with in ministries. And this guy passed. It's been a few years now. And a lot of people, it shook them in the body of Christ. He had a big, big uh, successful church. Preached faith, preached healing, things like that passed away at a certain age (laughs) and uh actually it was just a few days before that it was before or after this particular birthday and it shook people up and it shook people's faith well what what why did this happen you know one of these certainly if it would have been anybody it wouldn't have been him you know that kind of that kind of thing you know not, not him you know well if you i knew somebody really close to him and for whatever reason, his whole life, it just the enemy just got it stuck in his head. He said, I'm never living past this certain age. And he'd say it. And you wouldn't know that unless you knew him personally and you knew him close. True story. Everybody say true story. I don't know how the enemy got it. I've known people like that. I went to Bible school with the girl. She went to Africa to be a missionary. Before she left, she told her mother she's not coming back. I don't know why that was in her head. She, you know, would, would make arrangements, like, made sure all her papers were in order. My friends went over with her. I was real close to these people. 19 years old. I don't know why that, I don't know. But, you know, you look from a distance. How could that happen? How could that happen? This girl was 19. She went over, whatever, went over to be a missionary. And then she gets killed on the mission field. How did that happen? You don't know what goes into that. You can't base your faith or write the Bible based on situations that you really don't know what's going on with that person. 19 years old, she goes over there, you know. And she had settled on it. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. You know, praise God. I'm glad she's in heaven. I don't know what was going on. But all I'm saying is you can't base your faith on those kind of things. That's between her and the Lord. You certainly can't look at a situation like that and make you question what God has given you in His holy written word, amen? So, this, um, my brother, he's in Iraq, and uh, he knows a guy over there, not a Christian, but still the principles are the same. How many believe there's power in your words? This guy. Again, I'm not, I'm just trying to teach a Bible lesson. These people, I'm not, I'm not speaking disparagingly about anybody. I'm just trying to help you. Amen. And show you, you can't look at these situations, no matter how close you are to them. The Bible says only God knows a person's heart. You don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what they want. So you can't make that your scripture. Amen. My brother goes to Iraq. I shared the story. There's this guy. He knows real well. And the guy, as soon as they get there, as soon as they get there, he says, I'm not coming home. Call me toe tag, he said. I'm not coming home from here, he said. My brother, knowing you know, being a Christian, knowing something about faith and the power of words, he said, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Do words matter? Does it matter? Well, you wouldn't have known what that guy thought. You could, you know, from a situation. You don't know unless you were close to the situation. My men are worked in healing school. He, um, yeah, well, I, I, that, that's a foregone conclusion. He, he died. He was one of the, one of the few, in a, in a strange circumstances, he passed, you know, and just like, and uh, thank God for his service. Thank God, you know, for what he did for the country. But I'm trying to teach a lesson about how things work on this earth, amen, how things happen and why you can't make situations the basis of your belief in your faith. Anytime the enemy tries to bring, what about this situation? What about that situation? What about this person? What about that person? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change what God has promised me. Amen. Amen? This is, this is probably the most astounding example of that. Uh, my mentor David Horton worked in healing school and there was a guy there who was, they had worked with for a long time and they were working with him for an extended amount of time and And he didn't seem to be getting any better. He just was getting worse, and they're working with him. So David said, I'm just going to take him in the office. I'm going to interview him. I'm going to get, I want to take some time and just kind of see, I want to see where he's at with with this situation, because it seems like we're not getting anywhere with it. Now, this is an extreme case, but it it still makes the example. And David sits him down and interviews him. And he says, well, what's going on? You know, we've been praying for you and we've been believing God and, and uh, how you doing with things. And we used to call that locating people. Like I worked in healing school too. And we just have a conversation with them just to try to see what they're really feeling in their heart personally, one-on-one, so you can help them. So you could maybe, you know, answer some questions and share some scriptures or something like that and say, where are you at with this? How are you doing with this? And you locate them. And then you could kind of just work with them. Amen. And, uh... He said, well, I'm going I'm to go home to be with the Lord. I'm dying. He said, I'm dying. And David said, all right. Um, you know, you've made that decision. But he says, here's the thing. Out there in the services, you're going along with all this, you know. And when we stand up and make confessions, you make confessions. And his wife is there with him in the class, you know. And he's like, if that's your choice, he's like, I respect that. But at least let people know. So they're not confused, you know, I mean, like when, 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 it, when you do go home to be with the Lord, he says, no, he goes, because I know my wife and he goes, and I know, you know, the people from my church and they're not, they won't just let me peacefully go home to be with Jesus. They're not going to accept that. They're going to pester me. I, I just want to go home. I'm tired of fighting this thing. I'm done. And I don't judge the man a bit, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to point out an example and his, he, said, he said, well, what about your wife? Don't tell my wife. He goes, if you tell my wife, I'll tell her you're lying. That's what he said. I'm telling you. I just want to be left alone. I just want to go to heaven. Nobody knew that about that man. Come on now. Nobody but the Lord knew that. We put way too much weight... On the circumstances. And we need to put a whole lot more weight. On what the word of God says. Right. Amen. Amen. I know. Uh, praise God. So when we, when we stand on these things. I don't know. I don't know what happens in situations. I don't know what happened. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that. I don't know what happened. I'll tell, I'll tell you another one. I was praying for a guy. Had a brain tumor. Young guy. And uh, he passed. How old was his son when he passed? Uh, A month. A month month old. Uh, And yeah, and four kids. Youngest was a month old when he passed. Young guy in his thirties, died of a brain tumor, and was praying for him. And I don't know what happened there. You know, I prayed for him a couple times. I don't know what happened, but you can't convince me. That it was God's will for him to die at that age. Not everything that happens is God's will. I don't know. God's not a rapist. He's not a murderer. Are you with me? People say, well, God's in control. No, God's not a child molester. He didn't control that. Are you with me? I'm sorry. That's not scripture. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And... Uh, you know I I, you can't you could never convince me scripturally or any other way that it was God's will for this guy to die at this age and I was mad when he passed anybody ever get mad and so we get a phone call a couple days after this guy passes and it's a a woman that we know and she's got she's got a she's scheduled for a mastectomy and she's got a big tumor in her breast and I was just angry we got the call just right after this funeral and I was mad. I was mad at what the devil did to this family. I was mad at what the devil did to this month-old son that now is growing up without a father. And I was angry. The Bible says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Jesus got mad at some things, didn't he? Jesus called some people names even, didn't he? And I was angry. And I said, uh, this woman called and she was crying to Jocelyn... And said she's scheduled for the mastectomy. And she was crying. And I said, uh, she left a message. I said, Jocelyn, call her back. We're just we're taking care of this right now. Amen. And I was just like, we're just going to do this. And uh, we got her on the phone. And I started to take authority over the tumor. And I didn't have any special word from the Lord. I didn't have any special witness that, yes, this is God's will in this specific situation. I was just mad at cancer amen and I said uh we commanded Jocelyn was talking to her I commanded and I said check it she said I feel like maybe there's some warmth there and I just took the authority again and she says I feel like maybe it's a little softer And we just kept on going 45 minutes I just kept on taking I'm not asking God to do it for 45 minutes I'm believing that he's given us authority in the name of Jesus and that that it has to go amen And she says, it's gone. After 45 minutes, it's gone. She says, I can't find it. And she says, it feels normal. And it was big. I mean, this wouldn't, you know, this isn't just like, it was was obviously there. And she said, "Uh, it's gone. We rejoiced. We said, praise God. She had a doctor's appointment scheduled. And um, that was on a Saturday or Sunday. Her doctor's appointment was on Tuesday. I didn't talk to her before the doctor's appointment. She calls me on Tuesday talking about the fight of faith. And she calls me on that Tuesday and she's crying again, like in hysterics again. Just like the first time she says, I went to the doctor. They said I'm not taking this stuff seriously. The the, the doctor said that, you know, that that this is ridiculous and and I'm going to need the surgery and I'm not like facing this thing. Talking about how things could get messy. And I'm thrown back at this point. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, what happened? Not only did I have like a note of victory in my spirit that I was using my faith, but she said that it was gone (laughs) and she could feel herself. I mean, this isn't like that she needed a blood test. This was a physical mass that was, you know, that you could touch and see. Are you, you know, are you with me? So I'm like thrown back and I'm like, what, what in the world happened And, you know, in those kind of situations, then the doubts come. Oh, I guess it didn't work. I guess it didn't happen. I guess you guys just imagined all that, you know, kind of thought, you know, kind of things going on. And then she she keeps on in hysterics, and she keeps on talking. She says, she kept on looking at the charts, and the charts, and the charts say this, and the charts say that, and the charts, and the charts, the charts, the charts, the charts, from the tests. I said, charts from the tests. I said, when were those tests taken? She said, two weeks ago. I said, we prayed for you two days ago. You know, I said, these charts would not even show anything. This doctor, bless her heart, didn't even examine her. She just looked at the charts and wouldn't even look at her. Well, she's scheduled for the mastectomy later in that week. She goes, now the surgeon who hadn't seen her before examines her before the surgery. And he looks at the charts and he says, something's wrong here. He says, you don't, you're, you, what, what I'm seeing here, what I'm in this just quick examination doesn't match what these papers say. I'm not doing this surgery until you have another test. She goes back and she gets another test and they can't find any cancer. Amen. Praise God. But I'm talking about navigating some things. And it, it, I can't get into the whole story. It got even more complicated than that. But talking about circumstances and how you can't trust them. Amen. Is there anything that you could trust in this world? Is there anything that you could count on? Amen. Is there any sure word that you could take a stand on and expect it to turn out just like he said? And if you come up to a situation where there's two things and it seems like the word says this, but it seems like this says something else, what are you going to go with? Amen. You got to go with what the word says. And you can always find somebody, man. I, I was ministering at a church, at a youth group. And I, 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 was doing a, I was doing a Friday night service at this church. It was an evangelistic service, and I was going to be there for two. Or no, I, I, excuse me, I was just there for that one week. That's what it was. And, but we did a pre-service before this, this week. And I told these kids, bring, bring your lost friends. Come to, you know, bring them. We're just, it's just an evangelistic service and we're believing God. We're going to be praying for them all week and invite people. We're believing God to draw them. You know, people say, ah, oh, man, don't talk about faith. I want to get outside the walls of the church and get people born again. Me too. You don't do that without faith. Amen. You got to stand on God's word. Somebody says, yeah, but I'm an intercessor. I think that's the message of the hour. You can't intercede without standing on God's word and, and standing in faith. Amen. Yeah, but, 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 but worship. We get, you know, Worship should be the focus. Listen, faith is the foundation of it all. How do you worship a God that you don't believe in and you don't believe in his word? You come to God and you worship him by his word. Everything that we say in worship songs is what we learned about him from his word. Amen. So I'm, do, I'm doing this service, this evangelistic service. I'm, I'm winding down here. Amen. You still with me? All right. So... Friday night, I said, bring the lost, I come. Now, I'm concerned because, you know, a big part of how we got into miracles and healing was because of evangelism. Because I believe that God's plan of evangelism is to confirm the word with signs following. And he called me to be an evangelist. I could see that there's a Bible pattern that if you go out and preach the word, God works with you. And he confirms the word with the signs that accompany it. Amen. Amen. And I got to be honest, I was a little nervous going into this youth group because youth. a lot of times youth, they don't want to come forward and get prayed for or they don't want to say anything because they're too shy if something does happen or there's just a smaller percentage sometimes of kids battling with stuff because they're young, you know. So there's all these factors going in and it's just a youth service. And I'm like, but you know, all right, but Lord, I'm trusting you. You'll confirm the word through the signs that accompany it. So I get up there and I start, you know, and, and uh, this, this uh, I shared just John 3.16. That's all I preached on. Didn't preach a healing message, just John 3.16. Jesus really did die on the cross. He really did raise again from the dead. He's alive today. Shared stories about how God protected my brother in combat in Iraq when he was there with the Marines. And shared some stories. And then I came to... Um, And then I came to the end and I said, does anybody here need prayer? A girl came up. I think she was a junior. She came up and she had locked jaw. She'd been to the doctors. She couldn't open her jaw more than an inch and a half. And she was in pain and she hadn't been eating right. And this has been going on for a couple weeks or or a week and a half or something like that. And so we prayed for her in the name of Jesus. Instantly, all the pain left, that jaw opened up. She could move it. She's set free. I said, "Turn!" I said, "Turn around and face face the c- congregation." I said, "Open up your mouth and, and show them what you could do now." And she does. And I, I specifically told people, "I said, now listen." I said, you just witnessed a miracle here. I couldn't do that. I couldn't help this girl. You just saw a miracle. Then we prayed for people in their seats and people were healed. Then some people got born again. that were Unsaved kids that were saved, you know, were lost. And they came, and they accepted Jesus. This girl, she, she's in the bathroom after the service, the one with the lock jaw. And there's other kids from the youth group there. And they're saying, you're lying. That didn't really happen you're lying she says no I'm serious it really happened I went my mom took me to the doctor she says I could move my mouth now that sounds like Jesus doesn't it you know after this <laughs> I'm thinking so then this one guy from the church says you know anytime you want to come come anytime you want to come and I said great so Jocelyn and I are talking in the day after it and and i said you know this could really take off maybe we could talk to him about like coming for a month you know kind of like we're doing here and just doing this for a while because you get you get kids like these kind of miracles start taking place word gets back to their high school and stuff they could start bringing their friends and we could really see some we could really run with this you know then i get a call on sunday afternoon and, and it's one of the leaders from the church and they call me and they say hey we need to talk we need to get together and and have a uh, dinner I, I, we got some things we got to talk over and I said, all right, well, we set up a time, and I hung up the phone, and I'm beside myself. And I'm like, I tell Jocelyn, I'm like, uh, you know, just from the tone, this isn't the, hey, you did a good job, sit down and talk. <laughs> We're talking about something else, you know. And so we meet him at the restaurant. It was a group of people. and We meet him at the restaurant, and they said, listen, the, what happened Friday night, we don't do that here. We don't do that kind of stuff here. And uh, they said, you know, well, just to let you know, we can't have that kind of thing going on. And so I said, "Um," I said, all right. (laughs) And I said, oh, I seriously did not see that coming. I didn't. I really didn't. I thought, man, this is something else. They said, we don't do that here. And I said, well, here's your problem. (laughs) I said, that girl who came to the service, I said, "Uh, who opened up her mouth and fixed her jaw? Well, God did. I said, I couldn't do that. I said, you know, she went to the doctors. They couldn't help her. Only God could help her. God opened up her jaw. I said, it seems like you've got a problem with him and not me. Maybe you should take it up with him. Amen. And so, <laughs> so, so then they're, you know, they're not giving up that easy. So then another guy says, you know, another guy says, hey, he goes, I used to, I, I used to, uh, I used to run a restaurant, he says, and we didn't serve French fries. Nothing wrong with French fries, he said. I like French fries. <laughs> Other, see, French fries are healing. It's a metaphor, you know. Nothing wrong with French fries. I like French fries. Other places served French fries. If, uh. If you if you wanted French fries, there was other restaurants in town where you could get them. I served chips. I didn't serve French fries. And then I hit him again. I said, "Yeah, but Jesus Christ of Nazareth came to the ser- for service Friday night, and he served French fries." Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I've shared that story in services. I had a partner send me a, a French fry package in the mail like, and say, Jesus still serves French fries. It was in my P.O. box, man. I blessed me, you know. But then, then, uh, then I asked him this. I finally, at this point, I'm angry. You know, it's all right to get angry. I'm angry at this point. I'm mad. I'm mad because they are so bound by religion. They're not even happy that this girl got healed. And I asked him this. I said, what would have been better? Would you have had a better service if this girl came sick and she left sick and she came with lockjaw and left with lockjaw And she came not having experienced God like that. Not having experienced God for herself. Experienced a miracle. That makes an impact on a person. That makes an impact on anybody. I said, would it have been a better service if just to follow the way you do things. She had come that way and left that way. Would you have called that a better, more successful service? Well, then they were flustered. Well, that's not what we're saying. That's exactly what you're saying, you know. I said all that to say this. Just stick with God's word, amen? Amen. Just stick with God's word. You could find somebody to tell you it's not true. You don't have to look far. Do a Google search. You could find somebody to say it's not true, amen? You could find some circumstance of where it didn't happen or it didn't work out for somebody. You could come up with a million of them. At the end of the day, what, what does any of that matter? What does it matter? if some preacher on tv is saying it's not true or whatever youtube channel or whatever you want to you know what does it matter if there's a book that says it doesn't happen like i said you know my family they had to work all that out maybe that had to do something with it you know my mom roman catholic she her family Uh, threatened to disown her when she said she was leaving the catholic church my dad baptist and then he hears about this healing thing and they had to sort some stuff out man and the only place you could go when, when you know both with both of my parents their background both was you know they're at odds with each other they had to go to the word and say well what does the word say amen we all ought to do that we all ought to say well what does the word say well, what happened in this situation? What happened to so-and-so? What happened? I don't know. What does that have to do with what the word says? And I just shared up those, those stories tonight, this morning. See, I keep doing that. Preach a lot of night services. Because, um, you know, I don't, I don't know in any situation. I'm talking about everything. You know, we go to healing a lot. But I'm talking about everything. I don't know why some people fall away from the Lord. Well, it wasn't God's will for them to be saved. No, it's God's will for everybody to be saved. Amen. And at some point in time, they made a decision. At some point in time, they said, well, I know the word says this, but... ...anybody who's fallen away from the Lord has come to that crossroads. And you could say, whatever, well... You know, somebody takes their own life. I've had friends who've taken their life. Why did they do that? Must have been, no, God's will is not suicide. And I don't understand, I don't understand what happens in situations. I don't believe suicide sends you to hell. Are you with me? Not believing in Jesus sends you to hell. You could be sick in your body or sick in your head. What's the difference? Jesus doesn't send people to hell because they're sick. Are you with me? God, you know. Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell. He made a way for everybody not to make it. But I, you don't know what goes on. You don't know a person's private thoughts. You don't know what's in their heart. Don't make that your scripture. Amen. You really don't know anything about a person's private conversations with the Lord. You don't know anything about what was in their heart. What they wanted from the Lord. You know. I can tell you a million of them. I'm sorry. I'm closing with this. And then we're going to pray. Um. I went to a church, and uh, they were all, there was a, I, I was, pastor calls me before I go down, and he says, uh, man, this young girl, she passed a few days, the whole church was praying for her a few days before you came, and I wouldn't want to be you. The pastor says, I'm coming to do a healing thing, you know, and I'm co- I wouldn't want to be you, and I said, well, thanks for the encouragement, brother, you know. So I said, no, this is the best time to come. Yeah. So we could jump on things before, before people start going down bad roads and stuff, you know. And rewriting the Bible just because something happened that you don't understand. We will have hard things. It'll get messy. This earth is messy. But you could trust the word of God. Amen. And um, he says, uh, I get down there and and I get talking to the ...to the girl's father, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. She was young, you know, and I just was sharing, you know, thanking God that she was in heaven and stuff. And he said, here's this picture she gave me... ...like a few months ago when she found out that she was sick. And it was something odd, strange. It wasn't like cancer. It was just some odd thing. And he said, here's this picture she gave me a few months ago... ...when she found out she was sick, and she said, here, Dad, I want you to keep this... ...and I want you to think about me when I go home to be with Jesus... Well, she had made her decision months ago. Why, would the, why is the church all discouraged and stuff? It doesn't matter if they were all praying. It doesn't matter that they were all... She, she had made her decision. You can't fast or pray somebody out of the decision she already made. Are you hearing me? I mean, God could open up their eyes and you know, maybe make them see things differently. But we could rejoice with her because she's at home with Jesus now. Amen. And that's what I told him. I said, you know, you'll be with her again someday. Thank God she's there and we'll see her. And thank God. But the thing is, is that the person, you know, this doesn't, this isn't disparaging on the person who commits suicide. This isn't disparaging, you know, even on the person who falls away from the Lord. Because God could bring people back. On the person who continues to be bound by addiction and dies in their addiction. On things like that. We're not, the point isn't to say, oh yeah, They've missed it in some way. The point is to say, uh, to talk to the people that are here now, battling those same things, and say, just because that happened to somebody else, that doesn't change God's promises to you. Amen. I had a conversation right before the service, uh, and I, I wish I had time to get into it, but I don't. But uh, you know, people say, "Well, you gotta, you gotta die at some point in time," and you do. And, our, our, you know, and there, anybody uh, talking about faith and healing, we're not talking about living physically forever. Amen? Well, you gotta, every, you, know, you got to die at some point in time. And we'll get into that more. But just the simple, childlike faith of just saying, yeah, but still, healing's in the covenant. And, yes, you've got to go at some point in time. But it, it doesn't have to be, you don't, one, you don't have to go through the jaws of death. The Bible says, with long life will I satisfy you. And it, doesn't ha- and, you- and it doesn't have to be bound and dominated by some kind of sickness. Amen. I believe that. And maybe we differ on that. Maybe there's people here who differ on that with me. That's okay. We can, let's fellowship around what we can fellowship around. Let's build our faith and not see people fall away and get a lot of people saved in these last days. I just believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he healed 2,000 years ago. He still heals today. And that that's God's best for every person in this room. And if we, if we struggle with things that, uh, what, what does the Bible really say about it? That when we have that dialogue, let's just stick to what scripture says. And say this is what the Bible says about it. And let's not factor in what's happened with people... Whether it be addiction, whether it be sickness, whether it be, like I said, I've had friends that had big questions about suicide and what happened. And because loved ones, Christians, they, you know, just battled with it. And what what does this mean? What does it mean? It means there's a devil. It means that he's bad. And it means that he's out to kill people. It doesn't mean that that person's not in heaven. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that. ...they weren't a good Christian. It doesn't mean... ...it just means that... The, ...has the devil ever got one over on you? Raise, raise your hand. My hand is up. Has the devil ever got one over on you? It happens sometimes in this life. It happens sometimes in war. We don't... We don't ...you know, the Bible says that our warfare... ...is... Uh, ...our warfare is of is, not of... ...is not of this world... ...but we do have a warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not of this world... ...but they're, but they're spiritual... And in natural war, do we condemn the people that lose their life and the enemy get? No, we honor them and we say, what a great sacrifice. And man, you know, what a horrible thing that they went through. And and we realize it. And and I'm telling you, I take that stance on anybody who the devil's gotten one over on. I don't sit here and look on them and say, man, you know, when we talk about things that happen in people's life. I just realized the devil's gotten me before. (laughs) I've listened to his garbage before. I've missed it before. I know that you know. I'm I'm going too long, but but uh, (laughs) but my point in this is this, and we're we're wrapping it up right now for real in Jesus' name. (laughs) This is it. Jesus loves you. I love you. Amen. The love of God is in our heart, and people, it gets messy. There's a devil, it's war, things get messy. There's things that happen that I don't understand and you don't understand. My, my sole purpose of sharing everything I shared was just to say, when those things happen, go to the Word. Say, this is what the Word says. When you're battling with something yourself and it says like, it just doesn't seem like it's moving, it just doesn't seem like it's changing, don't go to maybe God didn't really mean this. I've seen people go down that road and it has taken them to a place where they've said there is no God. Because that's ultimately where it leads, doesn't it? I mean, that's where it's going. You start eroding what the Bible says. You start saying, well, maybe it doesn't say this. Well, then can you trust any of it? How many have found that you can trust the word of God? Stand to your feet if you're able. Let's close today. Praise God. If you're here today or watching online and you need prayer, I want to just pray today. And we do this again. The Bible says, Jesus said in John 14, 12, uh, and I'll talk about, you know, how we started doing this. Whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. And greater works than these would they do because I go to the Father. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I came across that scripture study in the Word one day and I said, "You know what? John 14:12 is just as true as John 3:16. If I can just trust John 3:16, I can trust John 14:12. That means God, you know, that I can believe God that he'll heal people and work miracles in people's lives." Amen. So if uh, a brother came up to me before the service and he said he felt the Lord was dealing with him that God wanted to heal backs today, and that sounds good to me. Amen. So if you have back pain, we're going to just write in your seat. We'll just pray for you right where you're at. Man, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Forget your past. Man, the presence of God is here. I could, just, I could just sense it doesn't matter if I did or not, but I can. Amen. And uh, if you're dealing with back pain today, Jesus is here. Make the word your foundation. Yeah, but you know, the, the, you don't realize how long I've had it. That doesn't matter to Jesus. Amen. Ah, yeah, but it's in my family. It's just, you know, my mom had back problems and my my grandma had back problems. Yeah, but Jesus had back problems for you, amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. He took it on himself so you wouldn't have to take it. So right now, I'm just going to command in Jesus' name, not my name or the name of any church, and in the name of Jesus, we command back pain and the cause of it to go. We command whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Whatever the cause, it doesn't matter. Pain and the cause of it, go. Discs, be lined up. Ruptures, be healed and made normal. Uh, Curvature, be made straight in the name of Jesus. Pain of every kind and the cause of it, go in Jesus' name. Backs, be healed today in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Now just move your back and do what you couldn't do before. Act your, act your faith in Jesus' name. Act your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's rejoice here together. Everybody in this place, rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Now I won't ask anybody to say anything or to describe anything, but just who already says something's different in my body just by a just by a raising of hand tell us right here sister let's rejoice with her right here brother anybody else hold your hand up say something's different yeah right here let's rejoice with these people amen <laughs> thank you Jesus oh, yeah. now rejoice in that thank God man I share I share healing testimonies a lot and uh It's good, and it's good. It it is primarily for the lost. It's an evangelistic thing. God confirms the word with the signs that accompany it. You know, if nobody was healed, if nobody could raise their hand, it wouldn't change what the word of God says. Amen. And we we wouldn't, like, rewrite Scripture based on what happened here in this room today. But what you do in those situations, because I've been there in tough situations, you dig in, and you say, okay... But what does the Bible really say about this? And then you stick with the word. You don't change the word based on the circumstances. You stick with the word until you change the circumstances. Amen. Praise God. If there's anybody here in this room today and you don't know Jesus, if there's anybody watching live stream and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know that he did die on the cross. He did raise again from the dead. He loves you and he's got a good plan for you. And the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Simply, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I ask everybody here to pray it with me. Don't pray if you believe it in your heart. Don't pray it because you feel compelled. Don't pray it for the people around you. But if you believe what I'm saying, just repeat with me and pray from your heart right to God. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior take my life and make it everything you want it to be in Jesus name amen if you've done that for the first time praise God please tell somebody about it tell somebody about it amen glory to God we're going to have the prayer teams come up if you need some prayer today they're here to pray with you they'll be here to minister to you thank God we're we're thankful for these faithful servants that come up every every week and and just thank God man for prayer there's power in prayer amen I hope this has helped somebody this morning as we close. We're closing the service right now. Make the word of God your foundation. Make the word of God your foundation. These battles are common to all of us. These things, we've all faced those situations. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get into, you know, during these weeks to come. But I just wanted to answer some of those things. We have questions. I had conversations after the services, different people, several conversations. I'm, I'm facing this. What about this? This happened. What about this? And, and, and I want you to know, you can, whatever it is that has happened, whatever it is you're going through, you can trust the word of God. And if it comes to a point where you, it's okay to say, I don't understand what happened here. I don't know what happened here. But never, just like Peter, nevertheless, at thy word. And if you stick with the word, God will bring it to pass in your life. Amen? All right, we love you guys. You're dismissed. Amen.